AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Corn and wheat are headed higher with soybeans under pressure to start the week. Meal and oil are mixed at present with oil posting gains. Something lit a fire under energies with crude and natty gas higher this morning. Well, either way, we're talking machinery and finance today and with the year drawing to a close. If there's something to do with either of these, now is the time to be informed. From Dual 12 2022 via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we begin with a conversation with Greg Peterson, that's Machinery Pete. Then it's Alan Hoskins from American Farm Mortgage. And right after the news, a weather update from Brett Waltz from BAM WX. I'm filling in for Chip Flurry this week. It's me, your pal, Davis Michelson, behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning on your favorite ag radio station or your preferred digital device. AgriTalk is here for you. Uh, Chip, some much-deserved and much-anticipated time off. He's in his happy place right now, and I don't know if he's – he mentioned that from time to time he might check in with one earbud in. I don't know. You know, he told he told me once that when you're on vacation, be on vacation – so I, I'm, I'm not sure where he's going to fall on that. Uh, we've got lots of great stuff to talk about. And, of course, it's uh, we, we've got the markets um, right now. We've got corn a little bit higher anyway. The D's at 641 and a quarter. Look out to, uh, well, let's look at the July up seven and a half this morning, 648 and a quarter. Soybeans under some pressure, double-digit losses in the beaners, around 14, 15 cents lower. Meal is lower, oil is higher. Uh, oil is actually fairly solidly higher here. Um, and I wonder if that goes back to some strength in the energies where the January WTI crude contract is 272 higher at 73.74 right now. Look out to the May 23 up $2.11 so far this morning at $74 even. Uh, natural gas up 52 and a quarter cents, 676. Look out a little bit further to the April five handle. Well, five handle starts at March twenty three. Then at the April, we're at five seventeen and one half, up twenty five cents this morning. Lots to talk about. Oh, livestock. You've got fat cattle nearby is higher, deferreds slightly lower. Uh, feeder cattle responding to that higher corn, I suppose. We'll find out from Brian Grady at the bottom of the hour. But lower in the feeder cattle's uh, around fifty cents. We'll call it in most contracts and lean hogs, except for the December contract, which is higher. We're down. Uh, looks like seventy to eighty-five cents in the lean hogs. Some great conversations today. Machinery repeat, of course, coming up to update us on some machinery auctions and what he's finding in the trends out there in the machinery market. And then we're going to talk some finance with Alan Hoskins from American Farm Mortgage. Um, the, Here's the other thing, though. It sounds like we've got just a little bit of <laughs> snow and ice coming up later on this week for parts of the United States and some severe weather in parts south. We've got Brett Waltz chambered from Bam WX to chat 
about that. So let's get this morning's news going. Stocks wrapped up their worst weeks in September as recession fears resurfaced after a hotter-than-expected report on wholesale price inflation ahead of this week's Federal Reserve policy meeting. The Fed has delivered four 75 basis point increases to its benchmark rate and is widely expected to raise rates by another 50 basis points this week. The central bank could also raise its forecast for how high rates will go next year, lower estimates for GDP growth, and raise estimates for the unemployment rate. Now get this, revolving credit, which is mostly credit card debt, fell sharply at the outside of the pandemic, and that was kind of big news. But we've since rebounded on credit card debt and revolving credit in general to a record $1.171 trillion in October. I might bring this up to Alan Hoskins and see what he makes of it. According to World Weather Inc., rainfall amounts were greater than expected across areas of Argentina over the weekend. But this week's forecast shows a return to hot, dry conditions. Weekend rainfall will provide temporary relief from drought stress, though much more is needed to induce a trend change. It's that time of year when we got to keep an eye on South American weather. I'm, maybe I'll see if I can line somebody up later on this week to talk a little South American weather. Big Apple Joe, make a note. South American weather, maybe. And heck, why not U.S. weather as well while we're at it? Lawmakers have until December 16 to reach a deal on full-year spending bill for fiscal year 2023. That began October 1. Either that or they got to pass a short-term measure delaying the deadline to avoid a partial government shutdown. Here we go again. Partisan deadlock between Republicans and Democrats who were split over $26 billion in non-defense spending in talks to craft an omnibus spending measure must be overcome to reach a longer-term deal. G7 leaders will speak virtually Monday about Ukraine's support following Russian attacks on the country's energy infrastructure. The topic of helping Ukraine through the winter will also be on the agenda for EU foreign ministers meeting in Brussels. Russia bombed the southern southern part of Ukraine over the weekend, where some export facilities did lose power. Assessments are ongoing regarding grain export impacts and other infrastructure damage. According to the Wall Street Journal, Western military officials are offering a sobering assessment of what would be needed to push Moscow's forces out of entrenched positions. Those officials looking at the size of those dollar signs and growing just a little bit concerned with how much the uh, price tag may finally tally if we're going to help out Ukraine in earnest moving forward. Uh, let's move on to Brett Waltz from BAM WX. Mr. Waltz, thank you for uh, joining us. We got to talk about blizzard warnings in effect for uh, a possible major winter storm. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a very busy week of weather. We've got blizzard warnings in effect right now across western parts of Nebraska, western South Dakota, into parts of Wyoming and Montana. Winter storm warnings extend all the way. Uh, really to the South Dakota-Minnesota border winter storm watches throughout a good part of Minnesota and into Wisconsin as well. Uh, this is going to be a, a major winter storm, not only in terms of the, the wind and the heavy snow, but the duration of it. Uh, this low pressure system is actually really going to kind of sit uh, over the north central U.S., really ramping up as we work into tomorrow. And, and it really just persists throughout the entirety of the day tomorrow. And then it continues through a good part of Wednesday. Uh, it will weaken with time, but snow showers across much of the northern plains, the Dakotas, Minnesota, into parts of Iowa and Nebraska, 
all the way through Thursday and Friday morning. Just going to be a very, very wintry week of weather up there. And I think the Western Dakotas could see anywhere from 12 to as much as 18 inches oh. of snow just wow. through Thursday. So uh, going to be a, a very busy week up there. And then I imagine following that, we'll have nice, warm, tropical conditions to follow <laughs> and everything will be okay, right? That would certainly be great, but uh, we're going to get really, I would say, the first big taste of winter coming as we work, uh, really, as we work through Friday and then into Christmas. I'd say from the 16th to the 25th, the cold air is just only going to grow with time. There's going to be some snow showers possible across the Midwest as we work into your weekend with the remnants of that storm. And then I think that for the Northern Plains, I think by Sunday, below zero temperatures. And frankly, I don't see... Uh, low temperatures uh, reaching above zero degrees all the way through Christmas. It's going to be a very, nice. very cold pattern towards Christmas. One of the coldest in more than a decade. Brett Waltz from BAM WX. I appreciate the update. We'll keep an eye on it. Keep us posted, will you, buddy? Yep, will do. Outstanding. Coming up next, we've got Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete, to update us on the machinery market. Has the run of record prices broken? Or have they continued higher? Stick around and find out, everybody. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson, here. Uh, Chip is out this week, but we've got to keep the show rolling and speaking of which, uh, Machinery Pete, Greg Peterson joins me. Good morning, Greg. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well, Davis. How are you this morning? Really great. Now, in the uh, in observance of the holiday season, and I, I don't know how often you listen to the show, but the AgriTalk Men of Song mm -hmm. from time to time put together some musical selections for us. They've got a Christmas album out, and there's there's one on there that I'd like to highlight. I feel like it's particularly pertinent. Uh, let's just give it a quick listen. Santaflation, I can't afford a planter this year. Santaflation, I'd love to have a brand new skid steer. Santaflation, machinery is just too darn high. 
Greg Peterson, I feel like uh, they may have had had your updates in mind when the AgriTalk Men of Song penned that little Christmas gem. Um, yeah, do I get royalties on this deal? I, you know, the paperwork is, they're not real good at paperwork over there <laughs> in the group. I don't know how, how any of that works. Santa That Santa first line, mm-hmm. I can't afford a new planter this year. I, well... How about on that topic? I saw the highest price Kinsey planner I've ever seen sold at auction last week. Really? It's uh, 326000 bucks on an auction. It was actually last Monday, Hamlin, Iowa. Uh, but yeah, that, hey, I think you might have a Christmas hit on your hands there. You should, <laughs> if we put that on Machine Repeat, Facebook, uh-huh. and uh, Twitter and Instagram, it would go bonkers. You give me that, you give me that audio clip, man. We'll make it go viral. Well, now, now one hates to make light of a situation like that, but at some point, yeah. uh, you know what? What else is there to do? Because it's important oh, to right. remember that that what you're reporting on here are auction prices, and so uh, as yep. as I've seen in the land market, um, the the number of bidders and the aggression of those bidders, their desire to have a given piece of equipment, uh, has the most direct impact on where these prices end up when the gavel falls. Yeah, I mean, again, that's the beauty, and, and sometimes it's brutal. It can be it can be harsh either way when it's up or down. But you know, that's why I started compiling these you know these auction prices thirty three years ago because you know what's it worth today? Whether that's a right. one year old planter, a thirteen year old field cultivator, whatever, you got to know. Don't guess. And as prices have risen over the you know our farming careers, whatever, it's uh, it's become even more important. Um, in fact. Just in the last three weeks, I've seen five tractors. Davis sold over five hundred thousand at auction, almost pushing six hundred k. We had one come in at five eighty two last week. So I, I looked back. Uh, I, I recorded something for Ag Day here the other day, and I went back twenty years ago to the year two thousand two, and um, I only saw ten tractors that whole year sell over a hundred thousand at auction. Mm. So twenty wow. years later, now we're wrapping up twenty two and last end of last. You know, last month I've seen four over 500K. So, you know, it, it, you're right. It doesn't matter if if you like it or not. It's just is what it is. And we've seen we've seen it the opposite where its prices are sinking. So it's just hopefully keeping track of it is helpful to people. Indeed. Um, well, let's let's get to your pick of the week because you did mention uh, that Kinsey planter. You were in Hamlin, Iowa at a farm auction. You're filming for the uh, for the big TV show. Talk to us yep. about that sale. Yeah, I had great fun out there last uh, last Monday. It was retirement auction for Dwayne and Pat Sundberg. Just wonderful folks. A sale by my friends at Pauly Family Auction Services. And uh, again, it had that planner, that 21 Kinsey 4705, 36 row, 20-inch hydraulic downforce, came in at 326000 uh, It was really interesting sale. Dwayne used to collect John Deere two-cylinder tractors and had an auction like six years ago. And then he got into, he's the first guy I've ever seen have a complete set of John Deere 20 series. So we had a John Deere 8120, 8220, 83, 84, 85, 20. And they were all low hours and they lined them up. And folks maybe saw the YouTube video I posted, but it was quite a sight. Uh, the 8120, 2730 hours went for 143, just a thousand bucks off the record. Uh, the 8220 was next, 2675 hours. That sold for 182. That was 42K over the record from 10 years ago. Wow. That, then the 8320, that had just over 2,800 hours. That sold for 180. That was 21K over. 
Then came 8420, had higher hours, 5351, but went for 154, highest price ever on an 8420, over 3,700 hours. And then lastly was the 8520, really amazing. This one had almost 6,800 hours, but went for 165, which tied for the all-time record. So um, one thing I took away there, Davis, is whenever you line a bunch of beautiful things up to sell, Mm -hmm. the first one is always the best buy. And that 8120 at 143 coming in a thousand under the record. I told I talked to the guy that bought it after the sale and he wanted me to sign his bidding number. And I we were talking. I was like, guy, you got the best buy of the whole deal right there. So it yeah. really, really was a fun sale. Well, and at that sale, you had almost uh five records. You had four records and nearly yep. a fifth. And it it just for a record to have stood for 10 years. And then to be broken now by such a wide margin seems very significant. But it, it's not just at, at that particular sale. As we've seen, you had an Oklahoma online auction that hit a yep. record as well. Yeah, it's just we're just being bombed every day from all directions with records, just smashing records. So you're right. Wednesday in Oklahoma, we saw an 07 John Deere 7830. Super nice. 829-1-owner hours with a 746 loader sold for 182000 now it did have the loader, so I mean factor that in, but still it was 21.5 over the record. And get this. 10 years and one day before this, December 6th of 12, Pleasantville, Iowa. I saw a 10 model 7830 with 620 hours on a 746 loader. So basically the exact same thing. 10 years ago, it sold for 146. Last week it sold for 182. So that's the deal. Now that's pre-dev, pre-tier four. And people say, well, that's where all the records are. Well, no, they're everywhere because that same day, last Wednesday, Sullivan auctioneers had an online farm auction, Parkersburg, Illinois, where a 2014 model Case IH Magnum 280 Super Sharp only had 520 hours on it. That went for 246. That was 75K over the previous record from four years ago. And that one only had 300 hours on it four years ago. So again, these records are just being obliterated. Well, and then, okay, so let's let's go over to Imperial, Nebraska, where there was an online farm auction. Highest auction price you've ever seen on a modern tractor? What? Yeah, that was the next day, Thursday. Again, Sullivan Auctioneers, uh, uh, Imperial, Nebraska, 22 model Case H Steiger 540 quad track, nine hours on it. So, it, I mean, it's a brand new tractor, but it went for 582K. And again, that's the highest auction price ever in a modern tractor. But what I found interesting through the, that whole sale, Davis, was, you know, how about some of these other items, like a 22 model Case H 8250 combine, 297 engine hours, almost 500K, that went for 484. A 22 model Case H Patriot 4440 sprayer, 340 hours at 451. Uh, Drago GT 16 row folding cornhead, 178. And then how about this? A 21 Wilson 41-foot grain trailer for 70500 bucks on a grain trailer. But that's been probably the hottest category because you just can't get a new one. There aren't that many used ones. So when they show up, it's, it's literally like gold. Talk about those grain trailers a little bit. Um, I haven't heard you mention, I mean, historically, if we're talking 70005 for a 41-foot Wilson trailer, what would that have been going for three, four years ago, roughly? Can you can you fill well, that in? Well, yeah, I would say 
up until the last 18 months, if I would see a grain trailer go over 40K, I'm yeah. sitting here and be like, oh my God, wow, 42, 42.5. Look at that. Holy smokes. And now, I mean, we've seen, I've not too long ago, I saw a 1980 model sell for 31.5. So here, here's, the, here's how I boil it down, Davis, is that right now, you know, the old saying, possession is nine tenths of the law. Mm-hmm. With good used equipment now on grain trailers, possession is 11 tenths of the law. <laughs> so when when it shows up, oh, here it is, a 21 model, brand new, up for sale yeah. at auction. Yeah. Well, you got eight guys that got to have it. It sells for 70500 bucks. Before we run out of time, quickly talk to me about uh, your plans for tomorrow, Spring Valley, Minnesota. Yeah, folks, come down to Spring Valley tomorrow. My friends at Hamilton Auction Company have a great retirement sale for Ron and Gary Vote. Super, super clean stuff. Check it out, hamiltonauctioncompany.com. We'll be filming the auction for Machinery PTV. It's got a great line of John Deere tractors, equipment, uh, including an 18 model 9620RX, 1,566 hours. It'll It'll be a fantastic sale. Spring Valley, Minnesota, which is a beautiful community. If you've never been, uh, come on down and join us. Machinery Pete, thanks for joining us. Coming up next, we've got Alan Hoskins, President, American Farm Mortgage and Financial Services, right here on AgriTalk with your pal, Davis Michelson. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. And joining us now, Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Brian, some strengthened corn, pressure on soybeans, and look at soybean meal headed to the downside. Yeah, major corrective trade here to kick off the week, uh, Davis, uh, across the grain and soy market. So uh, what we're seeing is strong gains in the wheat market and in corn and also in soy oil, uh, but heavy pressure on beans and, and soy meal. So those two markets uh, had been running uh, to the upside and, and uh, uh, soy oil had been uh, under heavy pressure, but we're seeing major spreading action, spread uh, unwinding there, uh, long meal, short oil spread unwinding, and, and uh, like I said, pressure on, on soybeans as well. So some of that's tied to uh, uh, South American weather. Uh, Argentina got some beneficial rains over the weekend. Um, temporary relief there. Uh, they're going to need much more to, to reverse the uh, the pattern, the weather pattern. But uh, uh, So we'll see how that all shakes out. But uh, corrective trade is the best way to describe it so far this morning. The nearby fat cattle are higher. Looking further out into the June and August 23 contracts were lower feeder cattle under pressure. 
Yeah, pretty quiet, to be honest with you, in live cattle futures. So we're waiting to see. Uh, last week's cash trade was a, a disappointment and, and weaker for the week. Uh, but we'll wait and see uh, how it shakes out uh, this week. And, and uh, just modest uh, price gains in the front end of that market, like you mentioned. Feeder cattle, uh, they're being pressured by the uh, strength in the corn market so far this morning. And then in the hog market, uh, December hogs are, are trading to the upside despite continued pressure on the uh, cash index. Uh, but traders are taking more premium out of those deferred contracts uh, relative to the cash index. And we've got ongoing strength in the energies. That's Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now right here on Agritalk. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Agritalk is brought to you by NK Seeds, the fastest growing seed brand, getting you top hybrids and varieties that perform on your acre. NK Seeds, bushels don't lie. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Agritalk. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. Chip is out for the week. He's uh, probably out in the woods somewhere, camo, you know, with the, the, I don't know if he's a, he's a face painter or not when he, when he's out hunting. Hmm. I, you know, I never thought to ask him. I would imagine, I don't know. I really don't know where to fall on that. Um, we'll, we'll ask him when he gets back. I'm glad that you are with us today. Uh, let me bring in my next guest, Alan Hoskins, American Farm Mortgage and Financial Services. Mr. Hoskins, thank you for spending some time with us today. I appreciate it. Well, good morning, Davis. I, I appreciate that very well. And you, you've given me an interesting mental image of Chip with face paint. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I really am. <laughs> I would like to think that, that you know, it, it feels intuitively like maybe he's not a face painter, but maybe he's one of these guys that paints his face you know, only if he knows that no one's going to be seeing him. Like he's out in the woods, and and he's you know it's sort of his safe place there. It's his happy place. I we wish him well. Anyway, um, to the uh, to the discussion at hand, uh, Alan, um, I want to talk a little bit. Let's start here because I I teased it when I was reading the news, and I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, I read the story revolving credit. Uh, that's credit card debt mostly uh, mm-hmm. fell sharply at the outset of the pandemic but mm-hmm. has since rebounded to a record level in October, $1.171 trillion in October. That mm-hmm. that news note raised raised my eyebrow. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious what your thoughts might be. Well, all of the information, Davis, that I've seen mirrors right along with what you're talking about. We are seeing credit card debt continuing to escalate. Uh, you know, we we saw a lot of changes in personal spending uh, during COVID. Uh, obviously, there was a fair amount of pent up demand, and uh, sounds as though that that pent up demand uh, is product availability has come back into the marketplace. Uh, folks, folks are buying, and we're seeing credit card debt levels go back up. You know, the the news we saw during COVID candidly was pretty encouraging to me with those those levels going down mm-hmm. but unfortunately those levels have gone back up and couple that with the increase in interest rates it's going to be interesting to see the effects of that longer term well now you you probably have a pretty good handle on the psychology of the american consumer from the fiduciary perspective is <laughs> Is there a tendency among Americans to, once they've worked really hard and, oh, I've got my, 
my credit cards are paid down to zero. My percent of, or you know, paid down close to zero anyway. My percent of credit used is super low. This all looks really good. Now they're going to become perhaps even more aggressive than they were before in charging those back up, especially here at the holiday season. Is that a thing or not necessarily? Well, certainly we've seen, if you look at it from a farm perspective, one of the most challenging expenses there is to control is living expense. And mm. that is not unique to the farm economy. That That is the economy of people in general. And let's face it, the American economy is based on consumerism. And if you look at trends over time, as more products become available, there there is a desire in the marketplace to utilize the availability of funds to be able to buy the things that we need or most of the time more want than truly need. And people will use credit. And at times, I think there's not necessarily the realization of what that's going to look like in 12 months or 18 months when that the ultimate cost of that purchase is known because of the interest on top of it. So I would say, Davis, that what you're describing is is pretty accurate in what we see with the American consumer. Mm -hmm. Now, moving on, let me just I'm going to lob you a softball here. You can take this question any way that you want to go. I have a, I have a lot of questions, a lot of things I'd like to touch on here. So we'll we'll just let you drive the conversation here a little bit. But how generally from from your perspective, from American Farm Mortgage and Financial Services, uh, talk mm -hmm. to me about the, the farm credit system in general. Well, if you look at where the agricultural lending industry is as a whole, there's a lot of solidity in where lending institutions are at this point. And we are looking at balance sheets in agriculture that have become stronger. Part of that is due to non, what I would refer to as non-earned net worth, that being the increase in real estate values. But over the past couple of years, earned net worth, the true profit that we earn from the operation of the farm has strengthened. We, we've seen working capital come back in uh, very strong. Uh, obviously, we don't know where 22 is going to end up, but at least at this point, it looks like working capital levels on farms are going to continue to be strong. That translates into typically strength for the lenders in the industry. So... I think if you look at the lending industry as a whole, we're in a pretty good position to be able to service the needs of agriculture. Uh, we've seen other types of lenders come into the marketplace over the last two or three years. And so that's also something that's a little bit different, Davis, than certainly what we saw in previous decades. But as a whole, the lending industry is coming into the 2023 crop year in a pretty good position kind of mirrors where farmers are in general. So if I'm connecting dots here, it sounds like um, borrowers are able to make their payments. Um, I'm not hearing you mention delinquencies, panic, land sales, these sort of bold, drastic moves that farmers need when uh, when the financial bleeding is, is getting too much to bear. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. that, that's very fair. Yes, that's very fair. We're, we're not seeing a lot of distressed borrowers at this point. Again, you know, certainly you can look at regions within the United States where there's a little more pressure than others, perhaps due to drought conditions that have taken place. But if you look primarily 
in most areas, there's a fair amount of financial strength that borrowers possess coming into it. So no, there's there's not just a tremendous amount of stress on current cash positions. Obviously, lenders are going to be sitting down with farmers over the next few months, looking at cash flows for 2023. I would anticipate those are going to look different, certainly, than what we saw in 2022. Producers, for the most part, did a pretty good job coming into the 22 crop year of utilizing lower fertilizer prices that were a little more prevalent at the end of 21. Um, we're going to see how they do on marketing as a whole this year, because again, the chapter of that book has not been written because we don't know where the final numbers are going to come in. But as a whole, we're in pretty good position coming into the year. Well, I'm glad that you brought up that it's going to be meeting with the lender season coming up here. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've maybe I'm thinking about this incorrectly, but it feels like farmers some may be in for a shock as far as what some of those numbers look like interest rate wise. Davis, you could be right. And candidly, I'm going to personalize this and say it mm-hmm. from my perspective. If any of the folks that I'm working with directly are shocked, then kind of shame on me a little bit because mm. as a lender, I need to communicate the good. I need to communicate the challenges. And candidly, I, I certainly hope the borrowers that I deal with don't experience it to where the only time that they hear from me is once a year. But rather, we have conversations throughout the year about where trends are and what they may look like going into 2023. So again, I'm not trying to cast any ill light on any other lenders i can only speak from my personal perspective but i you know i want to make sure davis that uh, you know even though we're here in the holiday season around christmas time you know i don't want to be giving surprises necessarily to the customers that i work with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's really good and and admirable i really like that approach so i spoke with uh, dr jim minter from purdue university and it And in Mm -hmm. conversations with others, it feels a little bit like farmers are anticipating that 23 could be be a little bit more challenging. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the the expectations for farmers to to spend money on build-outs on their farms or to spend money here or there seem to be shifting. Can you, Mm -hmm. do you have a sense of what farmers are spending money on currently? Well, Obviously, here at the end of the year, uh, there's tax planning going on. So mm-hmm. it's looking at what opportunities may exist to minimize the tax bite through the utilization of prepays. As a general rule, we're seeing a much greater challenge in being able to use equipment purchases as a tax management tool than what we have historically, mm-hmm. simply because of what is currently present in the marketplace on availability. The segments you just did with Greg, I think highlights that very well. And so we'd still do see farmers looking at opportunities of how to increase profitability from the perspective of possibly tile installation, which allows for better profitability opportunities on existing land. Uh, There's some of that that's going on as opposed to looking at additional land acquisition. There's also folks that are looking at perhaps upgrading a drying system to something a little more efficient. So it may give them a double helping of opportunity from the standpoint of perhaps greater bushel 
flow on a per hour basis, as well as minimizing the expense related to utilities. Mm -hmm. So I would say, Davis, it's kind of a little bit all over the board. I will say the good managers, these are things that they have been looking at, not just in the last 30 days, but over the past year. Alan Hoskins from American Farm Mortgage. I wish we had a little bit more time, but I really appreciate your uh, your words here. It's good counsel. I appreciate you. Thanks for spending some time with us, sir. Davis, thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, we've got one more segment to go here. I've got a couple of things that I need to uh, inform you on that we didn't get to in the news segment and uh, perhaps a little bit of nonsense. We'll see. We'll see. It's Davis Michelson, AgriTalk. Don't go away. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Davis Michelson here on your Monday morning. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope your day is going well so far. Um, I've got a couple of comments here to close out the show, but first let's sneak in today's Yields in the Fields. Yields in the Fields on AgriTalk is brought to you by Microessentials from Mosaic, the science of more. Discover our proven products. Text YIELDS to 31313. And here we go for just a general comment. Corn futures are sitting at or near their overnight highs in the Monday session. USDA reduced the estimated full-year cash average corn price by 10 cents to 670 in the December WASD. That was Friday. And then this from uh, Illinois, I feel like the soy market is just going through a midlife crisis. Yields in the fields brought to you by Micro Essentials from Mosaic. Yeah, the uh, reports on Friday weren't expected to be a whole thing. The general comment was, well, wait till wait till January. And that sort of follows common knowledge, I suppose, common wisdom over the years. I've got something here from the National Corn Growers Association. They sent out a press release, and I'm just going to give it to you here. They say, quote, the United States Department of Agriculture released the December World Ag Supply and Demand Estimates report on Friday. That's the WASDE. Most United States grain and oil seeds estimates were unchanged from last month citing slow sales and shipments through early December and competition from other exporters. USDA lowered corn exports for the 22-23 marketing year by 75 million bushels, resulting in an equivalent increase in projected ending stocks, 
with no other changes on the corn balance sheet. That from the National Corn Growers Association. Um, an interesting chat with Alan Hoskins there. If you were with us, was that last Wednesday, I think maybe it was, when we had um, from Purdue Dr. Jim Mintert on talking about the monthly ag economy barometer and his findings were somewhat uh, interesting coming into it seems like it seems like financially growers are aware that there could be some rocky times ahead and are uh, keeping keeping the purse strings tight to some degree now alan hoskins from american farm mortgage and financial services did point out the pretty decent uh, cash uh, position that farmers are in, a decent income through 2022, able to pay off their debts, and that puts the the uh, farm mortgage and the lending industry in a good position. I didn't ask him specifically if there is still plenty of money to lend, but I, I think we can kind of connect those dots from his conversation that, yes, ag lenders do have money to lend, very interesting here. Farmers, I was going to ask him specifically, and he brought it up, have farmers been keeping in touch with lenders? And Hoskins flipped the script and said he, as a lender, feels a certain amount of responsibility to keep in touch with borrowers or potential borrowers. If you haven't talked to your preferred lender, it might be a good idea to pick up the phone if you're penciling in your balance sheets, if you haven't done that already, or at least have an idea of what you might be looking at because i would hate for you to sit down across the table from your lender and get a number that is a shock to you it it's possible now alan did say yes some could see a number that's a bit shocking to them but he didn't sound panicked at all to me nor does it sound like borrowers are in a panic he's not seeing delinquencies panic land sales so it feels like we're in pretty good shape there but my takeaway from the conversation with Alan, one of them anyway, is, yeah, let's get in touch with your lender and just just say hi, say hey, checking in, anything that I need to know about as you're preparing to meet with them and sit across the desk. And then also, the things that farmers are spending money on. That was very interesting to me as, going back to Mintert's conversation, build-outs are kind of unpopular right now, machinery purchases you you heard Pete's comments just a few moments ago talking about record prices, record prices. He's always talking about these record prices. And to me, that means that uh, competition is high. You've got several bidders at these auctions looking out for uh, for the deals and just not able to find them. And yet, because of tax time, you got to do something with some of that cash. And so working on those double efficiencies, maybe a new drying system, tile, things like that that Alan Hoskins was talking about. Man, that that made a lot of sense to me and uh, really really sounded like a way not only to ease your tax burden, perhaps, in, improve your tax position, but also to put yourself in a position to move bushels through more efficiently. Now, we had a call during Pete's, yeah, CR from Missouri called in. And I sent out a quick email. He was asking how to get in touch with Machinery Repeat. And I said, go to the Machinery Repeat website at machinerypeat.com. Um, but I didn't see, maybe you guys can figure it out. I didn't see a place to click where it said contact. So I reached out to Greg, 
I know he's busy. He's he's got a, he's probably at an auction right now. Um, but when I hear back from him, CR, appreciate the call, appreciate the reach out. I'll I'll get that information to you when I can. Tune in uh, either this afternoon or tomorrow morning, and we'll get uh, we'll get that figured out and help you get in touch with him. A, a couple of uh, other items of news from uh, this morning that we didn't quite get to: Chinese banks extended 1.21 trillion yuan. That's $173.5 billion in new yuan loans in November. That nearly doubled October's, but uh, fell short of analysts' expectations. We're keeping an eye on the financial scene in China. Belgian authorities charged four people with corruption and other crimes into an investigation into suspected bribes from Qatar to current and former European Parliament officials and lawmakers. Yikes. European Parliament Vice President Eva Kaili was arrested by police on Friday amid the corruption uh, investigation. And a Libyan intelligence operative charged in the 1988 bombing of an American jetliner over Lockerbie, Scotland, was arrested by the FBI, being extradited to the U.S., facing prosecution for one of the deadliest terror attacks in U.S. history. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this morning's Agritalk. This afternoon, we will have... Uh, of course, Kerry Artek going over the uh, going over the technicals with us. I'm pulling up my uh, pulling up my email here right now. Here we go, Matt Bennett from Agmark. Oh, Matt Bennett from Agmarket.net this afternoon, and of course, me, your pal Davis Michelson. Come back at 206 Central for more AgriTalk. Appreciate you being here. We'll talk to you again soon.